and you can be seated. Um, tonight, I want to, um, I think I'm kind of beginning maybe a, a, a series, sort of, something. Well, we might talk about this for a few weeks. Um, but we're going to talk about let's be the church. So, you know, a lot of times when people hear the word church, you know, what, what do you think of when you hear the word church? What, what, what comes to mind? Family? The body of Christ? Uh-huh. Anybody else? A place where people gather together? Uh-huh. Okay. Learning the word. Okay. Anything else? Living stones. Living stones. Yep. Anything else? Worshiping. I heard that. Outreach, yep. So the church, I'm so thankful that nobody said a building because the church is not a building. This is where we come. This is where we assemble. But we are the church. People are the church. So if we were to walk out of here, this is just a building, right? Now, you know, I've been in places where you can sense, um, you know, the presence of God is lingering there. But there ain't no church in there. The people aren't in there. So the church isn't present. So when I'm talking about let us be the church, there are things that um, Jesus has said about the church and how he sees the church and what he wants the church to do. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And uh, tonight, I guess this is kind of the intro, so we'll, we'll see where we get, how far we get, okay? So why don't you go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to look at verses 13 through, 20, uh, through 19, excuse me. And let's see. I think I have this in the King James. Didn't say which one I did. So anyway, listen up. Everybody there? Okay, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So Jesus is asking them, what are people saying about me? You know, what, what, what's the word? What's the word on the street? What are they saying? And so they said, well, this is not King James. This is New Living Translation. Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he asked them, who do you say I am? So first he asked them, basically, you know, who are people saying that I am? Who's the world saying that I am? But then he turns to his disciples and he's like, now who do you say I am? Because who they said he was was more important than what the world or people were saying about him. Now all of those men that they listed that people, um, you know, considered Jesus could be, you know, Jeremiah or one of the prophets or whatever. They were all good men. They were all men of God. You know, they did things for the kingdom of God, but they were not Jesus. 
Amen? So um, then he asked him, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So Jesus was not talking about a building when he said that he, um, you know, that um, he was going to build his church. He, he wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about people. And the thing is, Peter had gotten a revelation from the Father who Jesus was or who Jesus is. Uh, Jesus changed Peter's name from Simon to Peter, which, um, you know, a lot of times people think that, um, you know, which it doesn't mean rock, but it's, it's little rocks. It's, it's you know, it's, it's little rocks. It's not the rock, okay? And then sometimes people read this passage and they're thinking that Jesus is going to build his church based on Peter, but it wasn't based on Peter. It was based on the revelation of who Jesus was or is, that is what he was going to build the church on, that revelation. So it's vitally important that we know who Jesus is, that we may know him and the power of his resurrection and his sufferings, that we may know who Jesus is. It's not just good enough to say the name of Jesus. It's not just good enough to say, oh, well, yeah, you know, I heard about him, or, but to know him. We need to know him. We need to have that revelation that Peter had, that he is the son of God. He is the son of the living God, that he is the Messiah, that he is the one and the only one, the true and the living God, the one who came to take the sin of the world away. That's so important that we know that. In order to be the church, that is a revelation that we need to understand. Okay, one of them. Okay, so um, I was saying that Jesus um, changed Peter, his name from uh, Simon to Peter, which actually means a fragment of a rock. But actually Jesus was talking about himself um, the fact that he was a, uh, the Messiah. So um, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. If you wonder why I'm not turning, I have all my scriptures written down here, <laughs> okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, the New Living Translation says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. He is our foundation. He is the foundation of the church, okay? So anything other than the cross is, an, is another foundation and it's not acceptable. Who he is, God manifest in the flesh and what he did 
redemption through the cross, that is our foundation. That is our cornerstone. So we need to see here that the church belongs to Christ, and he's the head of the church. You know, he said here um, that he says that um, you are blessed, right? And then Jesus says here, um, upon this rock, I will build my church, not man's church, my church, <laughs> his church, my church. So, you know, people have um, split into different denominations and all of that. But, you know, Jesus is only coming back for one bride. He ain't coming back for a bunch of brides. He's not coming back for, you know, a bride over here and a bride over there. He's coming back for one bride, one church. There's only one body of Christ. So he's coming back for that. But he says here, this is my church. I know how to run my church. I know what I want done in my church. So a lot of times we as people, as humans, we have kind of messed some stuff up because we have forgotten that it's God's church. It's Jesus' church, that he's the head of the church. We have messed up people. I'm saying church family as a whole. We've messed up people because of, you know, what, how we thought they should act, you know, like if there was a day, if I came walking in the church looking like this, I wouldn't be able to come into church. Or they'd be getting something to put all around me. But do you think Jesus cares how I dress? Now, of course, I need to be modest. We all need to be modest. You know, don't come in here crazy. But, but. If somebody comes in here and they're not modest and they come up to the altar or they come into the house of God, don't mess them up with your attitude about how they're dressed. Let God fix that. Let God, first they need to come to Jesus, right? They need to come to Jesus. Then Jesus is cleaning them up, Okay. And then they'll get around some of you, and they'll be looking. They're like, you know, they dress a little bit differently. You'll, you'll influence them in love, not with condemning and pointing fingers and sitting back talking about them. Amen? So Jesus said, it's my church. So we have sometimes put rules that were not in line with God, you know, that's like Sadducees and Pharisees. That's what they did. They had rules. It wasn't in line with the word of God. It wasn't, even, it wasn't in line with the Old Testament. It wasn't in line with the, the, uh, the rules that, that all those 600-something rules that they had. <laughs> they made up more. That wasn't what God wanted the church to do. That's not what he wants us to do. He didn't want us to get out of fellowship with one another because one believed in healing and one didn't. Do you believe in Jesus? Let's find some common ground. So 
Let's be the church. Not our church, his church. Amen? So, um, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Jesus said the church belongs to him and he will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her, will not conquer it. So we as a body, as I've said, need to remind ourselves of that, but also remind ourselves that it's him that's building the church. So again, whoever walks into these doors, we need to believe that Jesus sent them. We need to believe that they are here to get whatever they need, whether it's healing, whether it's freedom, whether, you know, they, they need to, uh, healing from hurts or, or whatever it may be. We need to receive them as someone that Jesus loves so much that he sent them to us. That he entrusted us to receive these people. Amen? You know, he really is entrusting us. When people come through these doors, there's an expectation of Jesus that we're going to love him. You know, like some people say, you love him right on out of hell. That we're going to um, disciple them that we're going to encourage them, that we're going to love them. That's the kind of church Jesus is talking about. And so um, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it says, um, this is Paul talking to Timothy. He said, I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of faith. So um, in this context, Paul is telling them like how the deacons should, should act and um, you know, giving specific things about how people should um, carry themselves in the church. But then he goes on to, says, to say, must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God which is the pillar and foundation of truth. We know in Psalm 127, 1, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. So unless God builds the house, we labor in vain. But he's the one who's building. He's the one who's sending the people, Right? Now, when I say he's sending the people, that means we got to be out there telling people. And he speaks to their heart, and they come to church. We invite, right? We encourage. We act differently than the world. Completely differently than the world. I want to do something really quickly. Um, would you help me? Uh-huh. Okay. Anthony, can you help? Come on up. Y'all, come on up. Rosie, you can come too. 
Mr. Henry, my favorite friend, Cynthia. Let's see, how many do I have? Okay, so David, if you can come over here. So you're gonna be, you're gonna be God for me. Stand right over here. Okay, here's God, okay? Now, Mr. Henry, you're gonna be Jesus, so you're gonna stand right there, okay? Um, Miss Cynthia, come over here. You're gonna be, um, you're gonna be leadership, like the pastors in leadership, okay? You're gonna be, um, an individual in the church, okay? And Miss Rosie, okay, she is somebody who's trying to get in the church, okay? So she's got to go through the man, this man right here, a brother in the church. So if he doesn't respect her, treat her right, what do you think is going to happen? She can't, she, she, she may not, she may leave, right? I don't like this spot. <laughs> well, no, 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 come back, come back. <laughs> okay, because see, we are the people who the people see first. Those of us in the ministry of helps. We are the ones, the, the people in the parking lot, Mr. Ira, praise God, he's a blessing. Um, the ushers, the um, greeters, the ambassadors, you know, the children's ministry workers, the, um, you know, every ministry, the prayer room workers, all of those things. The people haven't even gotten to the pastor yet. They got to get through us. If we don't, if they can't get through us, how are they going to get to Jesus who is going to get them to God? So it's so important. We are the church. What we do is so important. How we act are our relationships with people is so vital to the growth of the church. What if you got somebody who's been, <laughs> okay, so let's say she got through, she got through Anthony. Anthony was a blessing. So now she's here at leadership, okay? So pastor, the, um, the department heads, uh, you know, whoever's leaders in, in the church, okay, all the leaders. So she got through here. So now she's at leadership. So, if I'm the head usher, where's JJ? No, I'm just kidding. If I'm the head usher and I see her sitting someplace and I walk up to her and say, you can't sit there. You need to go. That's, that seat is reserved. You need to go someplace else. Or, you know, it could be that Anthony, no, we won't mess with Anthony anymore. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? So then what is that going to do? So she got through this part. But can she get through leadership? 
And then what if those in leadership, not the pastor, but what if the other people in leadership that she sees standing around, and it's obvious, you know, they have some type of leadership responsibility. Even the ambassadors, everybody has. If you're, if you're in a place, if you're serving, you're in leadership. What if she hears him talking about the pastor? What if she hears him talking about their, um, you know, somebody else in the, in, in the church? How, how do you think that's going to make her feel? Not very good. Can she get through that? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, but we're going to believe she is because that didn't happen. Okay, so she got through leadership. Now she's at Jesus. She came up to the altar. And now Jesus can introduce her to the Father. But do you see everything you've got a, a person has to get through to get to Jesus, to get to the Father? If we don't do our part right, we can hinder some folks. Okay? Thank you all. Great job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So when um, Peter, remember Peter had, had messed up, um, had denied Jesus three times, but he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then on the day of Pentecost, he went out and he began to tell them, he began to preach, to declare the good news. And the Bible says 3,000 people were added to the church that day. 3,000 people. Now, the, the thing that I find about that, because we're still talking about, you know, the church and, and let's be the church. But the thing that I find about that, interesting about that, is that there were people from everywhere. There were all kinds of people. People from different areas, different places. We can, we can read some of it. Let me, let me turn to Acts chapter 2 just so. Um, it's quite a bit, but I'll, I'll find a place where we can start. Acts chapter 2. Okay. Uh, let's see. Praise God. Of course, this is a long chapter. Okay. Now, I'm just going to tell you up front. I don't pronounce all of these names very well. Um, but I'll do my best. So if I get something that's not quite right, I already have a disclaimer, all right? Okay. So it says here, um, we'll start in verse 6. It says, I'm reading King James this time. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together 
and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? So there were Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, in Figria and Pamelene, whatever that is, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya and Cretan and strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Do you realize that there were all kinds of people that were present? All kinds of people. Heathens, idol worshipers, all kinds of people. Isn't it interesting that all of these people had happened to be in that place at that time? All at once. And they all got to hear the good news of the gospel. Praise God. My point is this. God cares about everybody. Everybody. He doesn't care what race you are. He doesn't care what nationality you are. He doesn't care about your culture. He doesn't care whether you're short or tall or skinny or heavy. (laughs) Not so skinny. If your eyes are blue, brown, green, He doesn't care if you have no hair, some hair, if you have gray hair, if you have blonde hair. He does not care about those things. What he cares about is you. What he cares about is people. Jesus did not die for all of those things. Jesus died for people. The people. Praise God. It is his desire that all men, God's desire is that all men be saved. Not some, all. But you know what? The only way they're going to get saved is if the church is the church. Because if the church looks like the world and acts like the world, what, what, why would I want to join that? If you act like you know, if you're acting like I act, why would I want to be a part of that? You tell me you're a Christian? And, you know, that's why they say we're hypocrites. Because we say one thing and we do something else. That doesn't mean we're, we're perfect. But if you say you're a Christian and then you have this nasty attitude... What happened to the love? What happened to the fruit of the Spirit that's working in you? You acting just like the world. You know, God checked me. <laughs> it was so funny. He checked me. I, um, I didn't think that I, you know, had road rage or I was an aggressive driver. <laughs> but one day I was driving and somebody... Um, I think they got in front of me 
or something. They got in front of me, and I was just like, I, you know, sped up, went around them, and went in front of them. <laughs> I did. And as soon as I did that, the Holy Ghost was like, road rage, road rage. I was like, I don't have road rage. But I was acting just like the world. That wasn't, that's not how a Christian should act. Now, I didn't cuss. I didn't do any of that. But I was aggressive in my, in my driving. That was anger. That was unforgiveness. That's, that's not God. So what we do when we profess to be Christians, and especially amongst people, do you know they want to see something different? They're looking for hope that maybe there is something to this God thing. Maybe there is something to being a part of a church. Maybe I can find some peace somewhere. Maybe, you know, I can find some people that I can become friends with that will accept me the way I am. They won't be two-faced. It won't stab me in the back. They're looking for that. They're looking for hope. They're looking for something different. And guys, we have the answer. We are the answer. We're Jesus' feet. We're his hands. We're his mouthpiece. But what we do is so important. I remember one time, this has been a long time ago, so you won't, and I'm not going to say any names anyway. But I remember one time I was in the grocery store, and uh, I'm going down the aisle, and I see, you know, one of our members, and I, I, you know, course I'm going to say you know hi you know I'm like hey how you doing and they had seen me before I saw them so they were trying to cover up some stuff that was in their basket I was just coming to say hi but of course when I saw their actions I was like well what's in the basket But I'm a fellow believer. I'm a sister in the Lord. And I see. But what if somebody from their job saw what I saw? And they're on their job saying, you know, I'm a Christian. You know, I go to church every Sunday. You know, we sing, we dance, we get, you know, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And so I, you know, I, I had a choice at that moment. I had to decide, okay, am I going to say something to them or am I going to let it go? They were already condemned. So I didn't need to heap it on them. But I did tell them I loved them. And I did tell them, I said, you know what? 
God loves you. And that was all I said. Because I could have, you know, said, well, why are they, they had liquor in their thing. You probably figured that out. You know, I could have said, you know, what's this? Is, do you do this? I mean, I could have really got in their, their business, asked a bunch of questions. But, you know, that might have come across like I was being judgmental. And then the other thing is I still wanted them to come to church because this is where the help is. Okay? I still wanted them to come to church. And I didn't want them to feel ashamed walking through these doors or looking at me and saying, did she tell anybody? Or, you know, what, what does she think of me? No, I love you. Because Jesus loves you. And that's how we have to be. That's what we, we have to do. You know, think about Jesus. Remember the lady who was caught in the act of adultery? What did Jesus do? He got down the sand. He was writing on the sand. You know, they were, they, they, uh, her accusers were, were saying, you know, Jesus, you know, she was caught in the act of adultery. I'm paraphrasing. And uh, you know what the law says. Jesus said, he without sin drilled the first stone. And when he got up, he said, woman, where are your accusers? They had left. Why? Because they had sin. So none of us are perfect. I just shared with you, you know, I had to repent because of road rage. You know, there, 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 are, there are things in each of our lives that God is working with us on. Nobody has arrived. So we have to give grace to others just like we want grace. Don't y'all want to have grace? Don't you want mercy? When you mess up, don't you want mercy? Yeah. Well, we have to extend the same thing to other people, to our brothers and sisters, and also to those that come in these doors. It's so important. Um, let's see. Well, let me tell you this. There's, I got lots of other scriptures, of course. But think of us, the church, like, um, like the embassy, okay? Um, you know, we, the United States has, um, embassies all over the nation, all, I mean, all over the world. Um, there are some places where we don't, like Iran, we don't, have, we don't have there. I think North Korea, we don't have an embassy there. So there are some places where we don't have embassies. But the embassies are there, they are sent from the homeland, right? So they're sent from here, this is their homeland, and then they go into these foreign countries and they, they you know, they, they usually have an office building and all that. And so the um, person who, who's uh, the ambassador for, let's say, um, we'll just say for China. I'll 
just for the sake of talk. So the person who's the ambassador for China, they um, will be like involved if there's any kind of negotiations that need to be done. They, you know, um, talk, you know, let us know, our leadership know what's going on in that nation and all of that. So they have some authority, right? They, there's things that they do. But the embassy, if, and you guys, everybody knows this, right? That if you are on foreign territory and something happens, you need to get to the embassy, right? right. If you do something wrong, you better get to the embassy. Okay, right. get through the gate because what happens is the laws of that land, in this case China, are no longer, no longer valid once you get into the American embassy, right? Okay, so the church is sent from heaven. We are sent to go all over the world and preach the gospel. We're sent to, um, in a sense, set up an embassy or to be an embassy to the world, right? Are you guys getting my picture? Okay. So, um, so we don't belong to the country that we're in, right? We don't, we don't belong to so China. We don't belong to China. We belong to America. We belong to the United States. We don't belong to the world. We belong to heaven, right? Okay. Um, so heaven is our homeland. The church is God's embassy. We are to bring the values of the homeland into the foreign country. So just like um, the, um, you know, like the, the person who's in China and embassy there, they are to bring a part of, you know, what we do, how we carry, they are to influence that nation, right? Well, we are to influence the world. We are, are set there. We've been sent by Jesus Christ himself to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? We're his ambassadors. Amen? We are his ambassadors. And so we have to remember that this world is not our home. In fact, Philippians 3.20 um, in the New Living Translation says it this way, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we, eagerly, and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. So we are citizens of heaven. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We cannot allow the world to influence us. We are to influence the world. We are to, you know, nations respect, well, it's, 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 there's, you know, little, but they do respect America. They respect us. Do people respect you as a Christian? 
Do people see you as someone that they can come to if they need prayer? Do they see you as someone who loves them unconditionally, who always has a pleasant word to say, who has a good attitude, who, who works hard, who does their work and, you know, doesn't sloth off? What do they see? Are, they, are you influencing those around you? Now, I want to um, encourage you. Actually, I want to give you a challenge. Can I give you a challenge for this week? I'm going to ask you about it next week. Okay, here's my challenge. Well, let me ask this question first. How many of you know your neighbors on either side? You know all your neighbors? Well, the ones like around you. Everybody, okay, all right. I don't see a whole lot of hands. So this is, okay, because I'm like, I need, I need to see. Okay, so this is what I want. If you don't know your neighbors, or maybe there's a neighbor you haven't met, I'm encouraging you, challenging you to go and meet a neighbor. That means you have to get out of your house and go say hi. Knock on the door and go talk to them. And I believe that if you'll do that, God will give you an opportunity to share the gospel with them, to invite them to church, to talk to them about something spiritual. But that means you got to get up and go. So that is your challenge. And next week, I'm going to ask who did it. Now, if you know all your neighbors, then you need to, if on your job, find some place that you can go talk to somebody, okay? Okay?